This is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Can you tell I went to the ball game last night? I can't tell if you went home or not. <laughs> Still rocking the gear. I love it. I am. Must be the uh, 80 degree weather out there. And the fact that I took in the season opener. Lucky. Got a jersey. Good friend was kind enough to uh, buy one for me. Oh, yeah? Wow. I'm wearing it. Now, I was never... Well, I shouldn't say that. When I was a kid, I was a Jersey guy. Did you did you have jerseys? Like, you grew up with the Islanders. Did yeah, you... like my dad played, so I had Islanders and, and yeah. Kings gear everywhere. Did you, did you wear your dad's jersey to school? Uh, you know, I don't know. I definitely did wear, like, the what I thought was the cool, the black and silver Kings jersey I had. I wore that, but not often. I wasn't a huge Jersey guy. Sammy, we know you're a Jersey guy. I, I have, there's a big, like, era in the early 2010s where you could buy, like, fake jerseys from China. And it was, like, really hot in the streets to do it. <laughs> I have a bunch of really unique ones. Low-quality, unique jerseys. Yeah, like, I have a lot. I, I mean, I have a lot of Leafs jerseys in general. But I have a couple Chicago Blackhawk ones. I have a huh? Mary Lemieux Penguins one. Got a lot of basketball but, jerseys. I got a ton of them. And you wear them? No. 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 Because I, I went up. I used to wear them. Never. By the uh, way, that's the only sports jersey I would wear in existence is the one you're currently wearing. I wouldn't wear any hockey jersey. I wouldn't wear a basketball jersey. Yeah. I would wear a Jays jersey. That's the guy. Got Guerrero Jr. on the back. Yeah. See, I was up until grade nine. Yeah. I, I wore, I, I bought two jerseys in my whole life uh, where I got gifted. Yeah. A, a Daryl Sittler and a Lanny McDonald. And I wore them to school up until grade nine. Then you get into yeah. junior hockey. And then there's like, a booster club involved, and that's all they do is wear jerseys. Yeah. And, um, and that's where I, I noticed that, you know, you had to qualify a little bit to be in the booster club. One yeah. of the main thing is overly obsessed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like borderline stalkers. Oh, yeah, and I'm like, I ain't never wearing the support, I'm, but there's I'm, some not, I'm not wearing a jersey the rest of my life. You know, I, George I, Russick from this uh, network has a theory, and I say this as his theory, not my own. Um, he says that you should never wear a jersey of someone younger than you. And I said I would wear Guerrero Juniors, but he says only someone that you looked up to and watched as a kid would be mm, acceptable. Yes, okay. Interesting theory. I don't know All where right. you stand on that. Well, I, I'm I getting would, so old that uh, <laughs> there's no one to wear. I, I'm wearing one again, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I think I, a basketball jersey is appropriate if you're at, like, a cottage or something. But, like, outside of that, I, or by the pool, because, you know, it's a nice flowy feeling. But outside of that, it's, like, it's tough to wear one. Yeah, yeah, it just wouldn't. I, I think mean. George's theory would get thrown out the window if there was a Novak Djokovic jersey, though. Oh, really? You think he'd do it? Oh, right. yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Now, I, I did take exception to a little bit of the snickering that me wearing this jersey now qualifies me to cover the Jays. For Sportsnet. No, listen, oh. that's just that's just Alex looking for the new lazy j- joke on the way in. He says, new Shy Davidi just dropped when Kip walked in. Uh, Are they known for being cheerleaders? Listen, no, you, you have a guy Sammy. you have a guy on your show every day that adores the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> so I don't think we should yeah. throw stones from our glass yeah. house here. But to be fair, <laughs> yes. you ended up Coming on the show almost by accident. Fair. It was it, it was never planned. No, listen, I it got was just th- me and JB going. 
well, he can't talk for two hours. <laughs> yeah. Let's get that guy behind the glass. What's his name? Yeah. Listen, it's- I didn't expect to talk. At, like, I came into this not expecting to talk, and in the first minute of the first show, you're like, Sammy? I'm like, okay, <laughs> here we go now. I also want to, I don't want people to think that Alex is throwing shy under the bus either, because the joke forever when Gunning walked in here when you weren't here was new Kipper just dropped. <laughs> and so this has just been a recurring joke every day and for like those 10 guys days now. love the Raptors too. Yeah. So it's like, we're all in the same boat here. Yeah. But hey. I, we have an excellent broadcast for the Toronto Blue Jays. Like, we have a world-class broadcast. Truly. We, we get Dan Schulman and Buck Martinez every night. It's like a World Series broadcast every single night. Jamie, Joe Siddle, all those guys. Are, Hazel, fantastic job. Elite team. Yeah. Hey, good pickup. Good rebound. Oh, it's true. I, mean, oh, I, I, I watch every true. single Blue Jays game. So I know I, it's true. I'm very okay. familiar. Why people tune in for two hours not to talk Jays? I'm going to the game tonight, so. Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> We got mad content. I'm already worried about the end of the show. Leafs down the lightning 4-3 in a very high-spirited... High event. High event affair. Oh, yeah. Now... Or was it? Was it exactly what you expected? uh, Overachieved on many levels? Let's start with you, JB. Well, I'm a little thrown off because I've heard Cooper's comments on the game. You know, yesterday... And we'll get to those. We will. And... You know, we spent a lot of time teeing up last night's game on the show yesterday saying, ah, it's a meaningless game. Should you even play your guys? And by the time we talked our way through it, it was like, tonight could be kind of nasty, right? Like, you know, Tampa loves to drag you into the alley. They're going to be setting the tone. We really thought that last night might have a lot of animosity. So I think I was kind of on high alert for it. The worst part for me was that the refs listened to our show, decided they didn't want any shenanigans and ruined the hockey game last night. We, don't, we are not the ref complaining show. I thought they ruined the game last night. Sammy, we had mentioned before we went off air yesterday that we thought this was going to be a meat and potatoes game, and, and it really was. Yeah, I listen, I thought there was a lot that came out of that game, and the fu- I think the way that the Leafs found a way to win that game without Matthews, Marner, and Giordano in the lineup, I I guess, you know, Cooper can talk about how... Let's just listen to what Cooper had to say about okay, that. Okay, well, hold on, hold on. Because hold on. it, it, it really on. forms a lot of the conversation. Yeah, I just want to get an overall... I, I, before we get into that, because we will get into the whole psyche and all of that, I, I just want to get an overall feel on on what we saw last night. And you brought it up, JB, first and foremost, the tone and the penalties. Uh, it started, what, in, in the first minute with a, a call on Kalorn on a on a cross check like a cross check the, 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 i couldn't believe they called that what i got out of last night is that the the cross check will be the penalty of the playoffs Think so a hundred percent because it's such a gray area between a cross check and a shove sure and we saw both of them last night in my opinion some legitimate and some like eh, are you really gonna call that Mm-hmm. During the Stanley Cup playoffs, I really feel like there was a, I won't even use the word the coaches do, but a direction from the league to get out ahead of this series, to set the tone for this series, what's going to be acceptable. We're going to take one guy, don't be the one guy. This is what it's going to be like. I really feel like there was a conscious effort in, and go ahead, made it your game, ref. Didn't you think, and you talk about setting the tone, I felt like the Lightning early in that game were just way over the top. Like, trying to prove that they are the big tough guys the entire time, I thought. For the first period, yeah, but- they're, they're trying to act like they've, even on top of other games that I've seen, 
they were like really trying to. It was, we have a term called extra. They're acting very extra, I thought, throughout that whole first period. Cooch is extra. They, they've been doing this all year. But last night, I, I, you know, I've watched a ton of lightning. I know they've had a few brawls, but it just was every single well, little thing. They're trying yeah, to set the tone. One hundred percent. They know that this one's going to be in the back of everyone's mind a week later, and and you've started to the, the animosity was built last night, even without Matthews and Marner in the lineup. 14 so, penalties. So there is an understanding of of next level stuff, but this is this has been Tampa. This is how you lead the league in penalty minutes. The way Tampa portrayed themselves with a, a sprinkle of you know and a cherry on top, right? Yeah. That's what you saw last night. For sure. And you know, they dressed everyone last night. Tampa, I'm not going to say they brought it on like the the best of what they can do, but you know, they clearly thought that last night was going to mean something. I'd like to remind everyone that in April of last year before the playoff series, Tampa and Toronto also played a fairly mm-hmm. meaningless game. Tampa beat them 8-1. Just beat the brakes off the Leafs. I remember that. And it was like, oh, no. And I think they were hoping to do that again last night. It didn't go their way. Okay, let's start. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll get to Coop, I promise you. Okay. Okay. Uh, Let's go to Sheldon Key for our first Kippers Clipper on uh, on what he saw out of last night. Well, I think they can just take away the fact, you know, they can feel our group really coming together here over the last couple of weeks. We put in a lot of really good efforts. But these last two in particular, you know, these are tough games mentally, you know, for the group. Just to, you know, you're at the stage of the, of the season and the schedule where, you you know, you can just kind of ride it out and sort of mail it in and press on. I thought last night... You know, we go into Florida against a desperate team that has an opportunity to clinch a playoff spot, and we don't let them do that on our watch. And then we come in here on a back-to-back and a short lineup and all these kind of things, and guys find a way to win the game. And not just do, not just win the game, but I thought we worked and competed hard tonight. Our guys are blocking shots, and, you know, we had to get big minutes out of guys today on, on the second game back-to-back on the road. So that's what I take away from the game. It's just the, the character of our group is is really strong, and the togetherness of the group in terms of just rallying around whatever the situation is, and and uh, giving us all they have to you know, whatever we're asking from them at this point. So he thought I their guys laid it on the line. I completely agree with that. I thought it was just encouraging to see how hard the Leafs played in a meaningless game. Why not meaningless? It's not me- Stop saying it's me. It's not meaningless. If you're playing a team, you're about you're right. to play in a week. You're right. With that comes everything, with mean. Everything, That's a really good catch. With everything on the line. Yeah. It's not a meaningless game. But I just love that the Leafs rose to the occasion in terms of the intensity intensity and trying their, their bags off. Mm-hmm. And the guys that have are kind of leading the charge in, in many ways since the trade deadline are uh, the new additions. Again, uh, Jake McCabe is pivotal for them now i just look at uh for for me the, the luke shen and again luke's is in, in in that wheelhouse of 10 to 12 minutes and but they're, they're noticeable 12 minutes was 15 i think last night. i think uh the fight with maroon mm-hmm. in so many ways just sends a different vibe and a different message starting next week yeah and going in hard against them the one thing that Luke, I love about Luke is when he goes in there, 
He's trying to hurt you. He's not trying to separate you from the puck. Yeah. He's trying to hurt you. He would like you to think, next time, I would like to not get hit again. So you just take the puck, or I'm going to change, or we're going to do something different next time. So it, if years passed, if some Montreal Canadiens or some Columbus Blue Jackets or Tampa last season, if you've got a handful of guys that go in with that attitude, you need more of them this year. Mm-hmm. And they went and found Luke Shen. They found Achari. They found Lafferty. Those guys, when they go in there, they're trying to hurt you. Mm-hmm. Achari you like is the, the same juice, thing. Huh? It's, it's all about the juice. I, it, you know, you mentioned it's, to me, that was incredibly meaningful. As Like, I really agree with you, Kipper, that he was such a pain in the ass, at least for seven games last year, where he was just under their skin. He was effective. Like, he wasn't playing much, but he was just pushing all the right buttons. And you go have Luke Shen go out there, bury him into the end boards, fight him, beat the crap out of him, and knock him out of the game, and he's just not a factor anymore. It's like, that's I don't meaningful. think Maroon got to throw a punch. It's meaningful, man. And it matters. But, it, okay. And it is also, like, what they, what, what the Leafs were able to do last night was take a piece of skin off of Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, they took a layer off of them. And that's what it's going to take over seven games is to continue to kind of hammer and hammer and hammer. That's how you win playoff series. Yeah, the skill. And, yes, specialty teams and great goaltending. But it's the constant wear and tear off a team. And I saw that last night. We're, we're in game 81, and the Leafs took a strip off of Tampa Bay. I'm watching last night uh, Shen against Maroon, and then I'm watching even Tavares. I don't know if you saw that kind yeah. of subtle battle along the wall with Corey Perry, and the next thing you know, Perry's hunched over. The last thing you want Did is Did Bunting to be, fight, by the way? Is, we'll get into that, too. <laughs> okay. But the, the last thing you want to see yeah. is a guy like Corey Perry with the mileage that he's had hunched over on the bench, and the playoffs haven't even started yet. But that's mm-hmm. that's the start of wearing teams down. Do the Leafs have the ability now to be a little younger, more energetic, play a little heavier than Tampa in this series? Last night probably showed us that, yeah, the the potential's there. Well, what I'm curious to see is I like that the Leafs showed last night that they can do it. They can hang with a Shen grabs maroon. You know, like I, I like that they showed that they can do that. I am curious to know if going into this playoff series, they, you know, that's Tampa's game. I'm curious to know if Toronto has demonstrated they can do it, but then will revert back to doing what they do that has brought them so much success, you know, outside of getting through them last year in the end. And and with that, Kipper, I'm talking about roster decisions, and we'll get more into Matthew Nyes, but... You know, last night on the broadcast, I'll give, uh, you know, the the other guys some credit. There was a good comment made. I think it was Poulin said, um, you know, when you dress nice, you're playing to win. You're, you're playing to beat the other team as opposed to a more conservative play to not lose sort of mentality. You're saying, we're going to take it to Tampa Bay. Same with Lilligren over Shen. Same with stacking lines. I think they can choose to go really aggressive at Tampa Bay or a more conservative drag it out penalties low scoring low event game i'm curious to see what they'll choose i wrote about that by the way it's on sportsnet.ca it's going to be real interesting um do you want to get into the uh the nice conversation right now 
I do. I feel like I don't want the Cooper thing to get lost. Which one do you think is more important? Because I'm fine with either. Okay, let's go Nyes, and okay. then we'll get into Cooper. Uh, last night, we saw a lot more as a bigger presence, a bigger role. Yeah. Running shotgun with Ryan O'Reilly, their best center last night. Yeah. And, you know, there's something to be said that uh, he's got a crash course right now to get ready for game one. And I still... Do you feel the same as yesterday? I, I feel... I do feel under different circumstances, this is not his place to, to come in and, and start game one. In a perfect world that I probably would have been a lot more comfortable for him to get some some games with the Marlies mm-hmm. and get ready for September for training camp to earn a job. But he's on a on a crash course right now. And I don't think it would have been possible for for except one exception, and that is his position is the weakest is on the, the weakest on the team. And in many ways, it is wide open still that there are no locks there. And I include Michael Bunting. Maybe in their minds, they're sitting there going, maybe he is a tad better than Michael Bunting now. I don't know. Yeah. I have no idea what they're thinking. Hmm. But there's no question that they're they're pushing this hard right now to find out a lot of things about Matthew Knives. And he doesn't look out of place for me. Yeah. I just don't know, again, if you want to put him in scenarios where you said it best the other day. Uh, do you want to put him in a scenario where we can look back and we don't remember much about Galchenyuk, mm-hmm. but we do remember a giveaway yeah. that mm-hmm. played a huge role in eliminating the Leafs. Do you want to put that kid in that same position? This, to me, is the conversation about playing to win versus playing not to lose, because you're right. If you're worried about that sort of thing and you're conservative and you say you don't want to put him in, you know, they've been burned by that before. But I got to tell you, so we sat here yesterday and we all said, if game one is tomorrow, in, yeah. out, or otherwise, I'm flipping. I'm I'm flipping. And one, one day later, Nyes is in my lineup. He's got too much pop. He's too dynamic. He... There's too much upside for me, even knowing the risk and the potential Galchenyuk moment. By the way, last night he huffs another one back casually that almost Mm -hmm. gets picked. But there's too much upside. He's so quick, and he has such good sense for hunting pucks. He's heavy on his stick. I thought he was really good. Like the goal that O'Reilly gets where he shoots it and almost scores. He's on the defensive side of the puck, stops, yeah. gets in a position ahead of Asimov. Yeah, those are great instincts. You know, like... And you, and you can't teach those instincts. And over seven games, you can't tell me he's not going to create a, a couple of moments that way for the yeah. Leafs. Even if there is one going back the other way at some point, I just think he's going to create too much. Okay, I, let's follow that up, Sammy, uh, with uh, Sheldon Keefe's comments on Nyes, and then we'll come out and get your th- thoughts. He didn't have as many options tonight as first thing, but... You know, I thought he did a good job yesterday, so I think he's earned it. You know, he's earned an increased uh, opportunity. You know, so part of it comes out of, you know, the the group that we dressed here today, but he also earned it yesterday. You're in the confidence, and uh, I liked him again here tonight. Obviously, so many penalty kills and four and fours and that makes it a little more difficult to get him out there as much as I had even had hoped, but I uh, still thought he did a good job, and he's you know, playing against good players, with good players, uh, you know, I thought again here today is it was another solid effort from him. 
I'm not sure you can earn anything with your first. I thought that was funny too. NHL career <laughs> yeah. starts. He's earned like, it. Like, yeah, you know, come on. No, there's one thing that you you hand him something, and there's another thing that he takes advantage of it. Sure. But sorry, Sheldon, yeah. nothing's been earned in your first two games of your career. No, I agree. I, don't you think though? The improvement for me from game one to game two, I was like, oh, my God. Like, it looked like, you know, he had a couple good shifts in the first period of the first game, but we talked about it yesterday. He really went away as that game went on. You know, the crippling heartbreak of losing in a hockey game and the, <laughs> the 24 hours that he went through to get into that game. Yeah, I thought he just looked a lot more comfortable. And the man is confident. Oh, he yeah. wants the puck on his stick. Like, you see that play when you guys are talking about, he bangs his stick I don't know, was it O'Reilly that found him, or was it Willie yeah, that found it was him? Willie. Uh, Willie. Yeah, Willie he put, behind the puts net. it right on the tape, and he hammers it on net, gets through Vasilevsky, and he had another one early on the power play where he absolutely ripped one. I don't want to say I'm ready to completely flip yet, but last night was a step in uh, me flip-flopping, no doubt. There is, you know, there's moments where... I know that it's not how the Leafs want it. Like, he's way ahead of the play on breakouts. He's so far up yeah, the ice. That's just the college mentality. For sure it is. He's turning back, physically skating backwards in the neutral zone multiple times ahead of the play. Um, you know, there's a few things. He turned the puck over on a one-on-three. He tried to skate through Tampa's lineup. He, there's some things. But I just think there's so much upside that you got to live with that risk a little bit. Okay, about 20... 20- uh, five minutes. We're going to have uh, Hall of Fame defenseman Mark Howe join us. Uh, Frozen Pond uh, and the Howe family have gotten together to uh, raise money uh, for the Howe Fan- Foundation, and they're going to do this by auctioning off incredible items from Father Gordy's amazing career, including rings, trophies, per- personal keepsakes. Gordy's fishing rods. Oh, my the, gosh. The stick he used to score his 801st goal. Can I buy his biceps? Yeah. Yeah, can I buy that picture of him <laughs> this just, is, on the farm? Okay. This is like our our Babe Ruth stuff. Yeah, this right? is. Crazy. Yeah, cool. and it, it is crazy that it's just going to go to private collections out there. And But the, for a great cause, good for them. This is the certainly the right thing to do. It's All right. impressive. And- in the second hour, Mike Feuda, of course, uh, former NHL executive, does a terrific job on Sportsnet uh, breaking down uh, games with you, JB. Uh, he's going to be along and give us his thoughts on uh, the final matchup in the regular season between Tampa Bay and the Toronto Maple Leafs. Okay, you guys are itching for a little John well, Cooper. crucial you context. Know we are going to drown in the next two weeks of John Cooper clips. <laughs> Do we really need to start this early? Oh, it's not early, buddy. It's begun. The series is underway. Yeah. Okay, you want to tee this up or you just want us uh, to roll it? We got to play the the intensity. Big game last night. Fights, you know, like lots going on. Greasy play. Leafs get a gut check win, block shots. Here's what John Cooper had to say on the intensity. With some of those post whistle situations, do you have to kind of keep that in the back of your mind looking towards next week? No. There was zero intensity in that game. I'm telling you, there was none. So it may look like it from the stands, and it, it was that was an exhibition game. It wasn't even a regular season game. <laughs> How catty and petty. What a. John, that wasn't the question. <laughs> he wanted to make that crystal clear. 
That was his not thoughts intense. of last night. Yeah, well, when his whole team's acting like idiots every night, that it's probably a, didn't seem that intense. That's a non-hockey game to him, is what he's saying. Hey, it doesn't matter to us. They could have won it still. Sure. They should have right? won it, probably. They should have won. Yeah, they would shot him by 300. Ways. You get outshot 2-1. to one. You go 0-8 oh on the power play. He had ample opportunity to win that game. He's he's just pissed off at his team for for blowing a game they should have won. Well, and he must think, you know, getting 50 shots almost that they should have won and that he must have thought the Leafs goaltender was amazing. Let's play uh, Cooper on the Leafs goaltending. Coach, you get 47 shots on goal, probably another 20 or 30 that yet just don't get to the net. It's just a night you just got to tip your hat to the guy in the other net. Mm, we got We scored three. Should be enough to win. So, can't give up four. No. Absolutely nothing Zero. for these guys. Zero respect. I will, I will not be opponent. tipping any cap, sir. <laughs> no, in fact, I have thrown my cap in the garbage. This guy. The difference between post-game seven last year where he's like, the Leafs, oh, what a team. They just deserve so much respect. You, I mean, beating them was a miracle. And then before a series, God, he's nothing for them, not crumbs. That's just... I don't. I don't want to say I want to tip my hat to him, but that that gives you the level of competition yes. that this guy has. Like, screw you. Yeah, not uh, not giving him an inch. I have to say, him going out of his way to say the intensity thing reflects his team's extraness in that game. Like, there is a part of me that they know and they are desperate. That yeah. they know that wasn't that, even a regular season game. They know that they've been they're <laughs> playing a lot of hockey. They're yeah. tired. They've been under five hundred since the start of February. They haven't looked as good. He's wondering if they can flip the switch. Like I bet you there's and he just has to come out and say that. Like it really reeks of borderline desperation well, that's, to me. It is in many ways a message. Who who's he talking to when he says that? That's a great question. I'll tell I you who. No, I'm gonna tell you his own players. Okay. He's, te- he's talking to his own players, and he's telling them, I've seen your Real level. intensity, that ain't it. Okay? And he might not be wrong. I actually right? do agree with him. Like, I didn't think outside of if, the scrums that the game was that. We are talking feisty. about one of the better, the best post-salary cap team in it that we've seen so far. Yeah, they've been going to cups okay. for a decade. Arguably, you know, could they be considered the closest thing to a dynasty since I don't know when? I guess Chicago. Since the Hawks. Would get okay. Some love, yeah. Hawks. He knows his team. He knows the levels that they've risen to. He might not be wrong according to him. Mm-hmm. For 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 you what Sammy. What I'm saying like in terms- for, for you Sammy, you've waited 6 years. For this Leaf team to yeah. play like that oh my or God, to show yes. up like that. This is, in many ways, a highlight for you and Leaf Nation. He wants that they to take that up away. in game 81. And he's saying, I've, I've eaten your 80, game 81, Sammy, uh, for breakfast. Okay? For sure. That's your Christmas last night. Wow. He's like... I wouldn't exactly say that. Oh, I'm just I, saying. I, you're giddy today, bud. <laughs> no. You're, you're just giddy. I Listen, okay. I'm very reflective. He played golf that and it's sunny and he's going to a Jays game. It's all related. If, if there's one guy that could speak of, of I'm this, thrilled. It, it might be Cooper to understand yeah. levels. And if he thinks it's the intensity is a facade, 
He's t- he's talking. He's telling his players that guys, yeah. I've seen you. I, I also think there's something for the other team to not give them any sort of, yeah, boy, I don't know what we're going to do about this group. You know, like, yeah, I don't, I don't, he doesn't strike me as a guy that says that uh, I got to figure out a way to crawl into their heads. There's I, one he more. Just, he doesn't strike me as that guy. Came across as desperate. There's one more yeah. on, uh, on playoffs approaching from Coop. Let's finish up. The playoffs coming up next week and having that matchup coming up to have a game like that against this team. What do you mean a game like that? Like mucked up, as as you mentioned. Yeah, like it's. It, I don't know. You'll we'll learn. We'll get something out of it at some point when we go back and look at the tape. But, um, like I said, they they had a lot of, you know, players that played lots of minutes for them not in the lineup. So hard to judge when uh, when they're not in there. Yeah. So he he wants that to be a non-game. Never happened. It wasn't even a regular season game. <laughs> Don't you, I mean, the Leafs went into their building and beat them without their two best players and Mark Giordano on defense. Sure, like we were talking about, he can say it's a meaningless game all you want, but all three of us agreed that baby wasn't meaningless. So. No, it, 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 it does a lot more for the Leafs than it does for Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay's issues, as, as, a, as we know, has been well documented since January. Like there's bigger fish to fry than feeling like you gotta really send a message to the Leafs in Game 81 for them. They got big fish to fry. No bones about they do. that. They do, and and one of them might just be the biggest one in Vasilevsky. Again, letting a really un-Vasilevsky goal against uh, Willie. I just got to say, on that play, yeah, terrible goal, right? The terrible. Well, where, where's his goal stick? Well, how do you give up five hole along the ice? He so he's reading the pass across, which is the right play. Willie should have passed it across. I thought he made the right read, and Willie made the dumb shot. Either he, way, Willie was reaching. He could barely. That's true. He was reaching. Yeah. His body language said he wasn't in any position at all to make that play. Yeah, terrible. But like. He just I, shoveled it to the net. Vasilevsky can give them one of those per game. Just one. <laughs> <laughs> I saw your uh, your message last night. Yeah. Just one a game. Oh, Leaf, Leafs will be fine. That would be all the difference, right? Oh, well. Um, and Sammy. I guess we can hear from Sheldon yes. soon. 0-8 oh, oh on the power play for Tampa. But it, it's still, last night, it still scares the crap out of you. It's. That- it's still point. It's still stamp. Every time Kucherov off, touches in the flank, off I can't the watch. crossbar. That's. I mean, that's the thing that I hated about last night. Is I thought like if I'm going to get into a negative about it, is I thought the Leafs did a really good job early on, not buying into the crap too much. But as the game wore on, they started going down to that level and getting into that fight, and they started taking a bunch of penalties. I can promise you, they will not go 0 for 8 again on a power play, mm-hmm. and. Like you said, Borny, Kucherov on that flank, you know, Stamko split a puck in two from the top of the circle off the crossbar on the power play. Got a lot of looks at the Leafs' PK. Yeah, I, I thought the Leafs' PK was good. They were aggressive. They blocked some shots. But the main reason they killed eight penalties was Joseph Wall. Joseph Wall was unbelievable last night, and especially good. on the penalty kill. Yeah. Honorable mention for Bunting for getting into a fight with did they Corey give him Perry? five? I, I don't know what he get. I don't know. He's in the box. I'm sure he's but, just praying they gave him five. Big Mike. I will kind of nitpick a little bit, though. He he got the cross check. Why is he, he got to dive? It's, it's the sliding, and then it is the not getting up and then looking for the official that 
drives me nuts. Couldn't and he more. and he just and he wonders why he's not getting calls. At least he fought him. At least he did. I'm with you on, okay. on everything you just I, said, I, by I the am, way. I'm not, I, I am not give a contradictory him, I'm going to give him credit for uh, doing that. I would have preferred him just getting up yeah. and going right after Corey right. Perry. That's the difference between yeah. uh, keeping a reputation and losing a reputation. Yeah, for sure. And then what's that fake, fake slash? Just slash him. Yeah. Don't fake it. Just slash him. It's insane it's that Corey, Corey Perry won a heart trophy. Like, that he has become this player. And I don't even mean that as a pejorative. Like, congratulations for the evolution of your career. What a useful guy. And how about him? They get tied up. It looks like it's over. And he just gets three shots in there yeah. right in the bench. Super greasy. He's yeah. a grease bag. Yeah. And you'd love him. If he was a Leaf, every single person, he'd be more popular than Spezza was. Okay, where do you want to go next? Wall. Hold on. I disagree Let's with the go. last comment. Anyway. What? You do? Yeah, Spezza's beloved here. You think Who do you think it would be more popular? Corey, I didn't, Perry, I, Corey Perry or Jason Spezza? Oh, buddy, it's not even close. Perry. Of course. Yeah, yeah not even conversation. Yeah. Hey, listen, we like Jason Spezza, but he, didn't, like he didn't move the needle, and they didn't win with oh, him. he moved the needle. And he was great here. Everyone respects him. Okay. I don't know if they did, were did, did they get in the Perry. second round with him that I'm not aware of? They, they he he got a lot of respect in the handshake line last year. Hey. So good for him. Hey. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> did Perry win one here that I'm aware no, of? No, he could have. Yeah, he could have. He could have helped them if they actually signed him when he wanted to for seven hundred fifty thousand. Ah, I don't know. Spezza has the good guy factor. Yeah, he does because the bar is so low. But you know what people like here. Guys who play really hard and get in fights and are greasy. This is true. And he tried that at the end of his career. And he was the only one who fought in that Columbus series. But God love him. That's not the yeah. Spezza that you saw, even for the Leafs, given that extra effort, wasn't the one he was. It wasn't the player that he kind of was his whole also career. Also, wasn't authentic to, to who he really is. Perry has always been this guy. Okay. Did we switch over? Kind of, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, Keith on Joe Brick Wall. Yeah, terrific. Clearly, a guy wants to take advantage of his opportunity. You know, we knew we were going to need him tonight. You know, uh, glad that it worked out that we were able to have him here today. Uh, like I said, I thought the guys worked hard in front of him, but he, he was actually gave he gave the group confidence on the bench. You can just hear the way the guys were talking, the way they're they're acknowledging each save. You know, that gives the group confidence in life. Uh, so the guys certainly fed off it. That's good. Hey, likes him. Good. The good news in all of this is, as of today, there isn't a huge concern about the net. I At agree. least today, I agree. It did feel like they're an injury away from screwed, and now it's like, well, they're an injury away from. I don't know. Not sure what we'll get. They're definitely not screwed, right? If Wall goes in there, they're not screwed. I don't say they're in an ideal scenario, well, but it's not like it's you know. Peter Morazic going in there. No, they were just, doing okay. You know, to win a cup, you're going to be in some late game sevens or sixes or overtimes, or there's going to be moments where it's a, a big ask of the kid. Well, yeah, we're asking, we're talking like Sam Stahl's Mr. Playoffs. Nope, fair enough. Played two games in his career, yeah. right? Like it's. The whole league, though, is trending towards putting these guys who have never done it before in, in positions and Kemper I, did it last year. You're fine if the, the other team is the, the same the, situation. The odds. 
the odds are we're going to end up with another Kemper lifting the Stanley Cup than we are Vasilevsky, or we'll see what happens, um, you know, even with Shesterkin, who's probably considered the second-best goaltender in the For world. Sure. Yeah. But outside of that, the the trend is now just be solid. Don't We, we can win a Stanley Cup without a, a goalie being spectacular. Yeah, make the saves you're supposed to. We'll play the team. Is it crazy? Like, I don't want to get too nuclear here and too hot. <laughs> Samson off starting game one. He's a starter all the way through the playoffs. He, I don't think he's coming out unless there's injury. But like, I'm not, I think, Kipper, you've alluded to this. I'm not convinced that Wall isn't the best guy. If Murray's healthy. If Murray's healthy. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm not sure either. I, I, think, I think Wall earned his keep going into the playoffs. That was a big moment for him. You know, I think there's no way he's not a compared, Leaf next year. Compared to a guy that you don't know if he's going to trip coming out of the dressing room. Right. I don't know. It's an easy decision for me. Yeah, but there's no there's no scenario of him getting into a game unless it's injury, right? No. Uh, down 3-1 and lit up the night before? I I don't know. Yeah, fair enough. There well, maybe you're right. Yeah, you can right? create a scenario for sure. Got to change the energy. But I don't know. We haven't seen that. That's a it's a big stretch for Samsonov to disappear, mm-hmm. and we haven't really seen that. The Leafs have been able to rebound off of a bad loss for the most part, and the goaltending has been able to rebound yeah. when Samsonov's been in that. So I not 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 overly concerned about their 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 net right now. Uh, anything else on Cooper? You want Sammy? No, I'm good. I'm good. He's just, he's doing what he's supposed to do to me. And he's pissing me off. <laughs> <laughs> the series hasn't even started yet. And I'm, he's driving me insane. And I'm getting a lot of Leaf fan talk in my life about Cooper. It's yeah. starting. Like he, there, you know, he's that the only opposing coach that can get you text. There's kind of, there's a saying among sports fans. They love to throw in faces being like, oh, he lives rent free in your head. He lives rent free in your head. I will say that Cooper does have me a little bit rent-free. Like, I do, I do spend a lot of time thinking about Cooper, too much time thinking about him. And just the things he says, he, he really knows how to get under my skin, so I can only imagine how you'd feel as an opposing coach or opposing player hearing some of the stuff he says. Yeah, He's excellent at this. Excellent. He will not lose the media battle in the first round. What would you think of uh, the call on Kucherev, uh after the whistle, was it a trip oh, on uh, Brody? Great call. I mean, it's a greasy, dumb play. Don't be dumb. Didn't like a lot of calls last night. Just sucky on his part. On Kucherov's right? part. Oh, yeah. He is a suck. He's a baby. Yeah, I know. He, he gets the, the pouts Listen, going. The game's not going his the, way. The most competitive guys tend to... Oh, yeah. Be poor, poor losers. losers. Hey, and, I'm, and not sucky. Saying, I'm not saying he's not one of the world's best hockey players. Yeah. But he is a poor sport and that is a compliment but man is he a he is king bad body language when it's not least, going his way least you're a guy in the league by far cooch not even close oh i i enjoy him not even no like in terms of as my fandom i can't stand him i hate his face i hate everything about him and he's <laughs> so good well this will be a fun series to cover the, with the, sammy the problem is he's so damn good yeah he's unbelievable that play he made where he slipped into the zone last night where he goes through brody makes him like goes oh, through him like butter in. oh yeah Nothing makes it look easy. He like looks like he's barely skating on his backhand, and he's still got the presence of mind to be like, "Oh, I can kind of cut in here." No, he's—I sports hate him big time. What do you have? One hundred and eleven points this year, or something? Yeah, he's unbelievable.
So. Okay, let's take a quick break. We got Mark Howe, Hall of Fame defenseman. After the break, we're going to get into raising a little money for the Howe Foundation with some of the best items you'll ever find out. Uh, uh, they're working with Frozen Pond. So we'll get into that, plus what he's up to. And Mike Fuda in the second hour. Talk Sabres eliminated. We'll talk Pittsburgh on the cusp. Mm-hmm. And your New York Islanders. Big game tonight. I mean, last night that they got given that gift is unbelievable. The Penguins, what are you doing? That and more on Real Kipper and Born after these words. Everything Raptors before and after the games. The Raptor Show with Will Lou. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Real Kipper and Born on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. All right, you want to talk legends in the game of hockey? How about our next guest, Mark Howe, Hall of Fame defenseman? Had the privilege of going to a few training camps with Mark as a member of the Philadelphia Flyers. Never got an actual regular season game with him. Um, but I'm still a better guy for the experience. <laughs> Howie, how are you? Good, Kepper. How are you doing? We're doing well, well man. Did, did, uh, thanks for you, joining did, us. Did you, did, did you tell them why we didn't play together? Good. I remember why. Uh, because you they blew, just... You blew, you blew out your knee. And I think it was in New York, wasn't it? It was in a game. uh, It was in an exhibition game in Richmond, Virginia. Okay. I remember you blew your knee out. Yeah. yeah. And I just remember the support that I had that training camp. And you and the big man, Tim Kerr. You know what Tim Kerr used to do? He used to just look at me in training camp. And he'd pretend to put his hand in his pocket because he felt I was having a training camp. That was good enough to make the team. And every time <laughs> yeah. he, every time the big man did that, I had like chills down my spine. Yeah. Uh, and then I blew out my knee and uh, unfortunately didn't get that opportunity. But, hey, thanks, thanks for doing this. I, I know, um, you know, there's a few things I want to get to uh, around the game of hockey. But before that, you know, I, I, I want to get into uh, what you and, and your brother and, and your family have decided to do all in um, – in supporting the Howe Foundation and what you're doing with some of the personal items of your dad and how you're making them available. So why don't we start there, Mark? Yeah, well, we've done, uh, I think, four or five, uh, like, uh, uh, smaller ticket items uh, through Frozen Pond. We've had some auctions, but uh, uh, Marty and I, we decided it's time to step up a little bit and it's so hard to part with some of this stuff, but uh, but we know it's going for the uh, for a good cause. So we uh, the money's going to the Howe Foundation that my mother and father created back in the mid '90s, and um, and it's to you know help benefit uh, young boys and girls um, you know in in, in sport and uh, you know and also uh, you know in uh, the education of sport if somebody wanted to be an agent something like that. So uh, in honor of my mother and. Uh, so I, I know my mom and dad all the for all the years uh, that they were together going back to 52, 53. Uh, they made sure they gave back and uh, uh, in one way or another. And uh, so my, I think my mom's dream was to have a uh, big museum and keep all the artifacts together 
and uh, and be able to generate revenue that way that you could give back. And uh, that just never came about. So, uh, like I said, Marty and I, we've been at this for about 20 years, and we figured it's, it's time to try to step uh, step things up a little bit. I know we've been donating to uh, Snyder Hockey and uh, in the Philadelphia area and a few other things. We're, we're trying to work some out out in Vancouver and uh, Dad's hometown of Saskatoon and um, yeah, so we're we're excited about it, and uh, we're just trying to carry on the tradition that uh, my mom and dad created, started many, many years ago. Mark, I have the uh, privilege of being married to Clark Gillies' daughter, and I know that the Gillies family have one piece of uh, memorabilia up in their house, and it's a, a Gordie House stick on the blade that says the time he assisted on one goal of Clark somewhere along the way. I know it's it was the most prized possession in his collection of memorabilia. I'm looking at some of this stuff that you guys are auctioning off. I see Gordie Howe's fishing rods, and like that's the type of thing where you really connect to the person in their past. I know Clark's snowmobile stuff was a big thing for him. What of the stuff up for auction, um, you know, really resonates with you as something pretty cool to your family? Well, I, 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 I'll, everything of dad's is kind of awesome. I am. It was uh, a lot of it was on display at the Hockey Hall of Fame when they did the nine and ninety nine uh, display. And mm-hmm. uh, but for me, the things that uh, I, I guess are deepest uh, to my heart are uh, uh, a couple of the rings that uh, that Marty's uh, auctioning off, and uh, one is the Memorial Cup ring um, uh, when we we won together as Toronto Marlies, and the other one is our uh, first Avco Cup championship down in Houston, and uh, and and they mean so much to me because we did it together as a group, as a family, uh, and and it's, and as anybody, it's really hard to part with that stuff. I mean, you you all the blood, the sweat, everything you did, and there's such an emotional tie to it because because of the the family bond that we had. So I love those, and and of all the Gordy Howe items. Uh, I have one at home here. Uh, it's a portrait that was uh, done by the Montreal Canadiens, and John Bellevue presented it to my dad uh, in recognition of his 500th goal. Uh, when I left home many years ago, when I was like 17, we kind of all got to have one thing. I took that. I said, it's a portrait that hangs on my wall. You can take anything I have. Do not touch that portrait. <laughs> some, some, some of them are going to get hurt. <laughs> and but wouldn't uh, but mom and dad they always wanted to uh, do it the right way. And then I know we talked with dad. We said, well, we're uh, you know when you pass, we're going to put all this stuff in the foundation. Uh, so the portrait and everything that was uh, theirs from many years ago went in, and I actually went and purchased it. So I wrote a check oh. to the foundation. I got. I said nobody nobody's getting this for me. So the Hall of Fame uh, valued everything a few years. Uh, I guess about seven years ago, about when dad passed and. Um, so, and I, and I, I always pay a little bit extra from what they value that. And, uh, so yeah, so I, I'm getting to keep the painting that is part of my, my being. And I said, hopefully the money that I put in will, will go to help somebody. We're talking to Mark Howe, hall of fame defenseman. Uh, we're talking about, uh, uh personal, uh, items from Gordy Howe's estate, uh, that will be auctioned off with funds supporting the Howe Foundation, uh, the Howe family in Frozen Pond, uh, doing a terrific job on this. Howie, how many items are we talking about? Did you get an actual count of, of, of the things that have been collected over the years? And if so, how do you really decide on what stays, what goes, 
what goes to the grandkids or, or future generations? Uh, well, I don't know. well, it's it's through communication. Uh, I know I have three uh, three kids. I and I've asked, I've taken photos of the things that I have and uh, various awards and rings. And I said, what would you guys want? And um, there's certain things that they just touch you, uh, touch your soul uh, because of the connection you had uh, with you know whether their grandfather, their grandmother, uh, their father. Uh, unfortunately, Marty and his wife, Mary, were unable to have kids, so they don't really have anybody to give this stuff to. And, like, so Marty just, just woke up one day and said, okay, it's time for this stuff to go. Uh, but uh, with with my mother and father's stuff, there's so much stuff. Uh, like I said, we've been getting rid of some. There's plenty more. But we also plan to keep uh, a bunch of stuff together. I mean, for me, the – the real important milestones are when he scored his 544th goal and 545th to tie beat Rocket Richard uh, for the all-time record. Uh, those types of things they just they just resonate. Uh, I know with his heart trophies and some of the things that he has, uh, uh, because I, I'm sure that uh, you know the Hockey Hall of Fame, other places, maybe a, a museum somewhere else would like to uh, you know uh, borrow that stuff and have it on display. So we plan on keeping some of it together, uh, but it's just there's so much. It's neat. I like. Uh, I know my son's house. We have a lot of things, and one thing is like the top of mom and dad's uh, wedding cake. And for me, like that's just hard. It's hard to part with, and it's it seems seems strange, but uh, you know maybe one day we'll we'll decide to move that. But it's uh, it's the personal attachment to uh, certain things that bring back fond memories of things you did together. And those are the things that are, uh, uh, I guess they probably have more of an emotional value than they do a financial value. But um, yeah, but it's all, it's all pretty neat stuff. And uh, like I said, we're, we're, we're doing it to, to help people. And um, the, uh, like I said, my, my uh, oldest son, Travis did a project, an NFT project uh, about a year ago. And, one of the items uh, uh, for sale was a, it was called a first skate, and it goes back to the story when Dad was in Saskatoon, and um, he uh, uh, somebody came to their house and they needed some money, so they uh, my grandmother gave him the two dollars that she had to her name, and in that was a pair of skates, and I said God knows if there would have ever been a Gordy Howe uh, if they didn't have that pair of skates in that bag. That's pretty unbelievable. You know, while we have you here, Mark, I'd you know, be remiss if we didn't get your thoughts on present-day NHL. I don't know how much you're watching these days, but as you watch the game evolve and, you know, Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin come, come along and now pass the torch to a guy like Connor McDavid, what are your thoughts on the state of the NHL today as a viewer? Uh, I, well, I don't know. I... I uh... Uh, I retired almost two years ago now. Uh, I try to watch it. Uh, it's just, it's, the game is, uh, the players can all skate. They're all in great condition. Uh, the game is coached. It's technically more uh, more sound than it's ever been. I just don't see the entertainment value that, uh, that you saw in the game maybe 20, 25, 30, 40, 50 years ago. That's how I look at it now. But if I go back to, Watching the playoffs of last year, I thought the playoffs were great. The intensity level, everything got ramped up. Um, 
you know, I and uh, I went. To, I've been to five or six games down in Philadelphia. The one that I had to go to, I hadn't seen Connor McDavid play live before, and I said, "I'm going to that game. I got to watch this guy." So, uh, if there's anybody I'm going to go watch, uh, it's going to be him. He's exciting, uh, but I, I expect all these games in the playoffs to be really good in the East. I mean, every team loaded up. I mean, it's going to be uh, – there's going to be some really good hockey teams that lose out. And uh, I just – I miss I miss the fighting. I know it's not really part of the game. I miss some of the big hits. And, and I don't like players getting hurt. But, hey, I got caught with my head down a few times. And that's part of uh, learning. And uh, that's part of the game, the intimidation of the game. And so it takes I, – I miss some of that uh, in the regular season. Um, I know you get more of it in the playoffs, but uh, like, like I like the game better when the players used to police the game and there wasn't so much onus put on the, on the referees. A few more Gordie Howe uh, elbows, maybe. Um. Well, yeah, well, <laughs> uh, well, Gordy, yeah, Gordy did more in his chair, but he was so smart about it. But back in the day, they only had one or two cameras in the building and you had one referee. And Gordy would never get you back right away. He would wait, and he was smart enough. He would wait till the puck's in the right corner. He's back checking somewhere out by the red line. And next thing you know, the whistle blows, and you look, and there's a guy laying in a pool of blood at the red line. Everybody said, what happened? <laughs> no. you, know, you know Gordy had something to do with it. So, uh, yeah, but the, like I said, the, uh, yeah, even like because I, I ran, uh, met Alex Ovechkin a number of times doing some things when he was chasing Gordy's uh, 801 record this year. And I said, and Alex is such a big physical presence, but the league has taken away some of his. Uh, even a couple of weeks ago, he had a hit, and uh, you know, they were saying, Is it a uh, something that he should be suspended for? Well, he's a big physical man, that's part of the intimidation. And that's one of the reasons Gordy scored a lot of goals. People were intimidated. They were, you're, you're hesitant to do certain things. Well, if you're going to get the puck, and like if I'm going to get it at 185 and Alex is coming to, to crush me and he's 235, 240, yeah, it makes a difference. But when the when the game takes that away from you, it it, it takes away your, your overall effectiveness a little bit. So, uh uh, I mean, it's part of the game, uh, and I think a lot of that game has uh, been taken away from some guys. You know, one of the things I marveled the most about you uh, going to training camp with you is watching you take a pair of skates out of uh, a box and then skating for, with them the first time in the morning and then playing with them that night. <laughs> it took me months to break in a well, pair of skates. That, well, that, well, that was back in, well, the skates I used to wear, they, uh, oh my God, I think of the uh, Easton skates and before that some CCM, but a lot of them were, they were made out of kang- uh, kangaroo leather. So they were soft. Once these companies went to these, uh, these all these new skates, I, I hate them. I like, so what I, uh, and I used to cram my foot into skate. So I wore a seven and a half skate and wore a nine and a half shoe. Uh, I went through, I went through a lot of toenails over the course of a year. Uh, but, but I didn't like to tie my skates up very much. So my skates were barely tied on. And so I just jammed my, uh, my feet in there. Uh, but, uh, but when I retired, I said, well, I'm going to get a comfy pair of skates that I would need if I got to run some clinics or do different things. Uh, so I went and uh, went to a sporting goods store, and I went and I found the cheapest pair of skates. They were thirty-five bucks. I bought a size eight, and they're absolutely wonderful. So awesome. I mean, you can take them, you can warp them. I can't. I cannot wear, and I hate the the new. I know they're better, 
but to me, it's like wearing a cast. I, I like my ankles to be able to move right, left, up, and down. And it would take me, like, because I would never skate before training camp. I maybe skated one day. Uh, that would be it. And by day three, then my ankles were strong again. And I just think it's from all the training I did on a bike that kept your ankles strong. But uh, And I was I was lucky. I was fortunate. I was a natural skater. Oh, yeah, you were. Um, yeah, but I, I I wanted to beef up my legs and get as strong as I could uh, be. Uh, and then, you know, hopefully it would last through the season. Lasted uh, right to the Hall of Fame. Hey, Howie, loved having you on. Uh, loved the feedback. All the best in raising money for the Howe Foundation uh, through your auction. Thanks for joining us. Well, no, thanks. Yeah, so I hope uh, yeah, I hope it works out well. So, like I said, the, the more we can raise, the more we can do to uh, – uh, to help the youth of uh, you know the kids here in North America, and uh, I know, like I said, I know it would make uh, Gordy and Colleen extremely proud. Sure has. Thank you so much. Have a great day. All Thanks right, so much. All right. okay. Appreciate it. It's Mark Carl, Hall of Famer, and here we are going into training camp, and you know we've been skating. Like, okay, what are you going to take off when your season ends? Two weeks, three weeks, yeah. a month, and then it's like bat out of hell in the gym on the ice. And then he skates once yeah. and is the best guy out there. I think we've established I don't drink anymore, but I do want to sit down with Mark and sit at a pub with him for a few yeah. hours, get some stories. Yeah. Wouldn't mind dusting a couple of pints. <laughs> you know, How's he there? I, for a guy who's all skill, yeah. and if I think of defensemen in my era when I broke into the league playing today, I look at Scott Stevens and go, well, that guy'd be suspended all day long. Yeah, and then know. I think of a guy like Mark Howe who would seam- seamlessly play today, mm-hmm. right? I I remember Mark Howe like I, I watch uh, Quinn Hughes. Mm-hmm. And what's crazy is Mark Howe just said that he would like doesn't like to see the game the way you're talking about it. Yes. Yeah. Which I've. I've found surprising. Uh, first off, love that answer. Really nice to not have someone come on here and go, well, the players today are just so good. Like, yeah, we know. We know they're good. Good for Mark to be like, hey, yeah. it's not as fun to watch. Everyone's good. It's pretty uniform. I think there's definitely an element of accuracy to what he's saying about for the sure way the NHL oh, is. listen, 82 games. And um, these kids are not stupid today. What do I want to kill myself in November, December, January? Um, I'll, I'll just save it to when it matters or last night when we need to send a message going into game one. And then he spoke of it. The game that we sell starting Monday or Tuesday is not the same product that we really sell during the regular season. No. It's not. To the point where we can tell you that we're going to throw in a three-on-three or a shootout and say it's for entertainment reasons. But if we ever think that we're going to tell the league that we should bring it into the playoffs, they go, no, that's not as good. We'll never let that (laughs) cheesy crap enter our game to decide a Stanley cup. Bite your tongue on a three on three or a shootout when it matters most. And it's like, Hey, but I don't know if you've noticed, but you're selling two different sports. There's no doubt. You just can't play 82 games. You cannot play 82 games at the intensity of the playoffs. The NFL plays 17 times now. 16. 16. No, 17. With a bye week, it's 18 weeks. Yeah, 18 weeks. They play 17 games now. 
17 games, play, play a week for each car crash. You get peak intensity every week. The NHL could play 50 games and give you an awesome season. It just can't financially. So you're going to get Columbus versus the, the Blackhawks in January, and that's just the price you got to pay. And he was like one of the best on the blue line. Okay. I remember him and the late Kelly McCrimmon teaming up as the best defensive pair. I think one year, Mark Howe was like plus 90. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. And Beast, God bless him, uh, just absolutely loved being paired up with, with yeah. Mark. Yeah, listen to this stretch of plus minus for uh, for Mark Howe. Uh, this is when he first got to the Flyers. 47, 30, 51, 85, 57, 23. Yeah, the team did better when he played. Like the the low like the middle of plus minus to me is the least telling stat. Yeah. But when you are plus eighty five in an <laughs> NHL season, yeah. doing a lot of good things. I wonder what the leader is. This and year. he was but it's Lindholm. as skilled as anybody out there, sure and is. it's the skill that made him. But he had such an appreciation for the Rick Tockets of the world and Ed Hospodar and Daryl Stanley and all the guys that, that went out there and, and created room for him. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's what he valued. Um, just looking at current plus minus, the top guy in the league is plus 50. Top three guys are all Boston Bruins. Lindholm, Grizzlick, Carlo are one, two, three, and plus Grizzlick. minus in the NHL. Yep. Uh, and Pasternak's in the top, top 10 as well, plus 35. Um, yeah. other, other end of the scale. What's, what's, uh, is, is Connor up there? Connor's got to be plus no, 30. No, I don't think 25. Where's McDavid? I think he's like Matthews is plus thirty one. He's thirteenth. I think McDavid's just over like the even mark. Like I don't think it's no. I think it is. Yes, Kipper. Not even. Well, he's got to play all his points. He's a McPower play. By you know, <laughs> you know I like that. I've heard that one. Nathan McKinnon's having an unbelievable season this year. One point five five points per game. One hundred and seven points in sixty nine games. He's plus twenty seven. Uh, I'm scrolling, man. I can't find our boy Connor. So he Connor must be plus 22. Plus 22. Okay. Not so even. He's 44th in the league. It's yeah. respectable. He's tied for, with Timothy Lilligren, by the way. For, for a team that struggled to keep the puck out of their net, that's yeah. pretty darn um, good. So you mentioned uh, Quinn Hughes there. Did you see the quote from Jack Hughes last night? Uh, no. Was he it was, he in was, the Matthew Nyes? I'm super confident. No, he said Jack Hughes was asked how he thinks his parents will celebrate his record-breaking night. Uh, I don't know what record he broke. Maybe the Devil's Point record? I think it is. And uh, Luke's NHL debut. Probably sitting on the couch watching Quinn play. <laughs> the favorite son? Guess so. Guess that tells you a lot. That's a hilarious He also quote. said of Luke, he's like, he's going to be a big part of this when we're playing for cups over the next few years. Like... But yeah, the devil's playing for cups. Maybe they will be. Can I tell you? This guy's unbelievable. Doing okay. I'd say we're doing okay. We're on a heater. We're a bit of a heater. Oh. I don't know. If, hey, he's got to be. He, the, if he can carry it. Well, he's at 97 points. He makes $8 million. He's worried. If, He's allowed to be extremely confident, but if, I don't have to if, like it. If you can wear it. Yeah. Um, I think, but he's probably, they're really good. And they're in their first year of being really good. They're definitely going Are to they, be Are they, it's Rangers? Is that still no, it's not, slated? It's not confirmed yet. Right now. No, I know that. With yeah. a game left each, Carolina at a, at a 111, New Jersey at 110, the Rangers at 107. So Devils and Carolina both have a chance to win the division. 
If Carolina beats Florida tomorrow, it's theirs. If they lose, the Devils got to beat Washington. You do not want that 2-3 matchup against the Rangers because the Rangers are winning that 2-3 matchup. You heard it here first. Hmm. Can they play physical or are they just going to outskate you? No. Jersey. I don't think so. They got that good fourth line, the BMW line, Bastion, McLeod, and Wood. They're good. Uh, Otherwise, I don't see it. I don't see their... No, you don't, eh? You don't see them upsetting the Rangers. No. Well, be the Rangers would be upsetting. I, listen, I'm wrong a lot. But that's my opinion. <laughs> we talk for two hours every day. That's you with us. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We talk for two hours every single day. We're wrong a lot. Yeah, give a lot of opinions. That's my opinion. Yeah. Um, all, all right. right. We, let's let's go to break. We got like a bunch of uh, clips still to play. We got feuds to get to. Yeah, and we got to get into Penguins. Ryan Hartman, who's having a hearing Grace. It's, it's for a, a hit. Officially suspended for a game. One game? Yeah. Okay. They so were like playoffs in two games? Uh, it's one. Yeah, they're, right not, call. They, they're not taking him away. But he deserved a game. Okay. We'll, we'll get into the, the the hit last night and Evanson and. Uh, and uh, Bonus? Rick Bonus. Bonus, you're going to go fight? You're 67. You're going to go fight Evanson? I don't know how old he is, but. Evanson's scary looking. Guy. Evanson was like, yeah, you're invited. Come on. Over. <laughs> it's like, anytime, pal. <laughs> yeah. Meet me in the Whoa. tunnel of Tortorella style. Memories of. Uh, of Barry Melrose, yeah, uh, L.A. and Toronto with Pat Burns. Oh my god, yeah. one of the all-time great clips. One of the best. I had my eh? junior coach shuffle across the glass between the benches to get in the other bench once, and also go into the hallway behind the benches to fight the other coach. Yeah, he was great. Oh my god, sounds like we, a we delight. Have... <laughs> I had a junior coach, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was always funny too because I had Paul Holmgren as a coach, Ooh. and there's a guy that. Uh, I didn't see too many coaches giving him the hairy no, eyeball. Yeah, he's an intimidating fella. Too. Very intimidating. Okay, we'll take a quick break. Mike Feuda. Yes, Feuds is back. Yes. We're going to talk Leafs, and we'll talk LA Kings as well. Their chances. Are they dwindling? Nah, they're good. Is the shine off? To be honest, I have no idea what they've been up to lately. Okay, we're going to find out after the break. Mike Feuda. On the Real Kipper and Bourne Show, after these words. Everything you need to know about the Blue Jays. Blair and Barker. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Real Kipper and Bourne on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Derek Brandeo. David Sispoomba, Sammy McKee, and Mike Fuda. Fuda. We need like a Lou-like chant for him. Did they? <laughs> did you get that when you walked into you know all those big games in uh, in LA at the Staples Center? Or uh, no, no. no. <laughs> Well, they should have. Should we try something? I got, I got, a, I got, I got a couple of boos when I <laughs> – no, never feuds, but I learned to live with it, Kipper. I, yeah, saw I, the you, I saw the ovation you got the other night when you came out there to the military go. guy. So, so are, are you uh, are you on like the Leafs and just cruising towards the uh, the end of the regular season or <laughs> you, you bringing juice to, to game 82? I'm, you know, I, I mean, I caught a little baseball last night, saw the – Typical Toronto sports fan. <laughs> I was thinking about the Leafs and what they've got coming up, and 
you know, you got Manoa who gets beat up in the first inning and the fans are like humming around, like, can this guy still pitch? And then the belt guy goes through the warm up, uh, through the, the hand, the lineup for the introductions and everybody's like wonderful 26. He sucks. And then three hits later, he's up for mayor. <laughs> it's, it's the glory of the Toronto sports fan. So, I mean, it was something, I mean, I watched again, I watched, I taped the Leaf game. So I watched the day and, I mean, I agree with you. That team right now is, they seem really poised uh, in a good spot. Uh, and hopefully, you know, they can remain healthy because uh, Tampa Bay right now is, it's even, and you guys probably know better than I, if you're always out, um, it's kind of like in the past when the Leafs next man up hasn't been really exciting. Uh, the next guy coming in, if it was a Marinson coming in, if Muzzin gets injured, the next guy coming in for an injury for Tampa isn't really exciting. And I mean, I drafted Mikey Eisenman in, in Los Angeles, and uh, he's a very skilled, soft player who, in the way this team, this uh, series is shaping up, I mean, if that's the re- replacement for Janot, then I, I really think the Leafs can exploit these guys, especially if they get on them early at home. Did you take anything out of last night's game, Feuds? you think that's just a meaningless game? Cooper said it had less intensity than a regular season game. He called it an exhibition season game. Do you think it mattered? Yeah, I do. Oh. Um, not not in a sense of like a, a game changer, yeah. but I like the fact that I, I like what Chen did. I like the fact that there were some physical elements that show that this team looks like they can play a little bit, a little bit harder. Um, I was really surprised that Vasilevsky played um, uh, in that game. I just think it, it just, if anything you can take from that is that with a, you know, a watered down team, you, you beat Vasilevsky. Now, obviously he's going to be a different goaltender in the playoffs, you would think, but I, I was very surprised they would give up that mental edge, so to speak, having him in that even for injury purposes, but it was good to see. I mean, I, I'm still really looking at this lineup and what they, what they, what's it going to come out of the gate uh, in game one, I mean, because it, it appears they're relatively healthy. And when you start, I know you guys break down, you've had months to break down the lines and stuff. There's some pretty interesting, especially if Janot's not in the lineup, they're going to have some interesting decisions because Shen is bringing a physical element that I like. Um, but the Gustafson kid, any game I've been at, their power play is completely different when he's running it. Mm-hmm. So there'll be some interesting decisions for sure. And, I, and I'm not, I know we've broken... And yeah, I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on on nice or knees, but uh, I'm not quite sure whether he's earned game one start status. As much as I think it's great that they've got a prospect moving forward, I wouldn't be just throwing him the keys to the factory yet. Coming game one of the playoffs yeah. with some of the, you know, Futes, we were talking about this earlier, and you know, Sheldon selling that, you know, he he actually used the term he's earned, you know, something here and. We've been around the game long enough to know that you're plucking a guy out of college and then putting him in. Uh, there's not enough time to earn anything. You're either given the opportunity or you're not. Now, can he take advantage of it? Has he as early as last night? Yeah, there's something there for sure. But do you go all this way to put yourself in a in a tough predicament with your salary cap to the point where you're 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 almost embarrassed to put two teenagers in net only to have the league rebound and change their minds if if you're not intending to really give him a chance to start game 1 like the, the, they are forcing this thing in many ways to that direction are they not i i don't I, and again part of the negotiations always with us with when we had an elite college kid 
was that he was going to get games, right? If he, if he lost out, he was going to get games, particularly um, particularly if we already knew where we were in the playoffs or whatever you're etched in your playoff spot. So I think this is invaluable for him, but I just don't. When I look at the potential for who could be out of the lineup, uh, and again, I mean, I think he's going to be better than a lot of the guys that are going to that could play ahead of him against game one, two, three years from now, or maybe even next year. But I just think the makeup of the team right now, um, I, I still like O'Reilly in the three hole, um, starting in game one with a line that's a little bit more, def- you know, can still score. And, you know, he plays in the first unit power play. Uh, but I, I just, I don't know. I just don't think there's enough there to, to look at a guy, another guy and say, you know, you've been through the whole battle. You're sitting out tonight. Now, whether they decide, I was looking at the names. The 12 and 6 is is a tough one. Uh, when you think about the, the defenseman that has to come out. Now, I've got, in my lineup, I've got Lilligren out. And uh, the other seven competing for first base, depending on how much you want Gustafson to be a part of that first power play unit. But it'll be something. But I mean, I, I would be going with the guys that have been through the complete battles and wars all all season long. And then it's easier to bring guys into the to the fold if if need be, or if you need to make an uh, you make a change throughout the series. Do you think the players? would have some issue with Nyes coming in. Like the guy, you mentioned the guys being there all year. Kipper, I think you have kind of implied that maybe some guys would take umbrage with that. You know, personally, I would feel like I just want the best players to play. You know, we we want to win this thing, but uh, do you have to worry about, you know, Aston Reese and Lafferty and how they feel and the guys around them feel about that treatment? Well, I think they're all in. Uh, I mean, I think that's where guys like O'Reilly and the leadership group and Muzzin are going to have to really pull things together with regards to guys nose getting out of joint. Um, I, but I, for me, score two goals against the Rangers and, and then put a little doubt that, hey, there's something, I'm bringing something that's so much better than these veterans that are going to be in suits um, that it's easier for me to take, not just whatever. I'm, you know, Matthew's a buddy from Arizona and this kid's going to be a great player and he's been, like, the, this series is about the Leafs getting through around and 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 hopefully for the city, more than that, it's not about is Matthew Nyes as good as we've spoken about. He's he's a he's a piece of this puzzle now, and he's interchangeable for me from what I've seen at this point in the year, without question. We're talking to Mike Fiuta, former NHL executive, Sportsnet hockey analyst. Uh, as far as uh, I know, we mentioned John Cooper a little earlier, but you know, you've been on the other side of a of a proud executive team. Uh, would you have been slated by John Cooper uh, with his comments about that sort of stuff? Or does he get the benefit of the doubt uh, going to three Stanley Cup finals? Uh, he gets, I mean, I think he gets the benefit of the doubt. I think sometimes there's guys, <laughs> and there, you know, there's it's a little bit of Paul Maurice doing that too. I mean, sometimes guys, they're so eloquent that they forget what they're saying at times because there's so much polish and everything that comes out has a purpose that sometimes you go a little further than you'd like. But. I mean, as I said, this is a guy that's gone to three finals, two cups, and has never won a uh, never won a Jack Adams. So I think he's got some pretty uh, ultimate respect around the league. But you don't want to get off on too many tangents this close to the, the play. I, mean, I think he's looking at this team, and he's uh, it's certainly not a team like in the past. They might they're probably a little bit more depth, a little bit more not just open the gate, but you have so much depth that it's it's not a tough as tough a team to coach. I think this team is really going to have to. Like I think Sheldon and Cooper are going to play a big part in who wins this series as well, not just the players coming out, out the gate. So 
to get off the Toronto Maple Leafs here, because we've spent a lot of time on them, looking around the league a little bit, huge loss last night for the Penguins, eh? Like, they, they lose to the Blackhawks. Chicago was off a back-to-back. So their second game with travel, Pittsburgh's at home, waiting, must-win game. They lose 5-2. to two. What, uh, What's up in Pittsburgh there, Futes? What's, you know, like, I don't know what comes next, but what's going on? Bernie, how, how, how many times have we sit beside this? It's between Calgary and Pittsburgh. Yeah, we sit sit there on the air and say it's coming. It's still going to come. It's All year. Come. And, and exactly, and it's like they couldn't seem to get. I mean, between the, you know, the squabbling, you know, between Daryl's actions, it's like his press conferences and his his stuff early, and how obviously he was trying to, you know, be a lot more positive later. I mean, last night, just when you need Tristan Jari to be outstanding, you know. <laughs> Again, just seeing the highlights, there are some pretty shaky-looking goals for a team that needed to to win a game against the team that should be trying to get Bedard in the sweepstakes. And it's amazing how two teams that I mean, I know I did. I picked both teams to make the playoffs uh, going away, and and they both have their seasons, you know, inexplicably shattered by teams that are not even in a playoff picture. That for all, and it almost sums up exactly what both team seasons have been like. And and the funny thing is, is, neither one of the teams can really look like when you look even like the Leafs to a certain extent, Boston out of the gate. Neither one of them had like they had some injuries, but it's not like they had superstars out for long periods of time. Like someone's I heard today, someone said this is the first season Malkins played a full eighty-two. You know, Batang had his issues early. Uh, but holy smokes, like this team, there is there something should have been. You know, I, I'm that's probably one. Who knows what's with the new ownership group there? How it's how it's taken, and you know, we know. I mean, I would assume Sorokin will find a way to beat the Pabs tonight, but it's just been painful to watch those teams be so mediocre and still have their players. Like Crosby had a very very good year, but that last night was just painful. Just it was painful to watch the Calgary Flames throw it all up. You know, a couple nights ago against another team that's. You know, not in the playoffs, and it's just it's frustrating to watch. And I know these teams are playing with house money, but you got to find a way to win a game that puts you in the playoffs when your season was built around, you know, must make playoffs. So I think both those teams have some soul searching to do. Off, the, it'll be interesting tonight. Imagine tonight. Uh, I know what it was like in in, in Los Angeles with Daryl. I do understand that Wolf and. Uh, and their college players, the, the Coronado and Pelty, are now going to be in the lineup tonight. Now that one will just not. That'll be. That would have probably involved some chloroform and an arm bar on Daryl to get those guys in the game. <laughs> whether, whether it matters or not, but you know what I mean. It's just. It's just hard to watch those teams um, at this stage of the year when you think. You know when you think. How, how are these teams not in the playoffs? And it, they they only have themselves to blame for it. That's for sure. It'll be interesting to see the Fenway group and where they go uh, uh, moving forward. Uh, a lot of heat feuds on Ron Hextall and what he was able or not able to do. And it, was this a classic example of just kind of dipping your toe in the water at the trade deadline for him where you want to think about your future, but... You know, you also have the fact that you've got Crosby, Malkin, and Latang still presumably in their prime, and he got caught in the middle. I think the only yeah. significant thing he did was he traded for Grandland, and yeah. I think it was I, a, a second-round pick, if I'm not mistaken, 
But this is a guy that I think has two more years still at over $5 million. And I don't know if he scored two goals since the training, uh, the trade here. Um, but that's, that's one of those either you're in or you're out scenarios, is it not? A hundred percent. And I, and again, by the fact that, I mean, I think even Sid said that I've got three years here left. And then shortly after that, you know, the, his two big boys are resigned. And I think, it's hard to have it both ways. Once you make that significant amount, you know, and it, and it's again, okay, like the Bruins go all in, but I mean, you're talking huge dough left on this with these guys that they just resigned, right? They're big boys like Gino and Matang. Like the Bruins guys came back for pennies on the dollar, right? So it's <laughs> whether they decide to, to stick around after the dance this year, but the Penguins guys didn't come back for pennies on the dollar. They came back for big, big tickets. So it's hard to make the team better. Um, you all of a sudden have you got the same thing's probably going to have, happen. I would think in Washington to a certain extent because you've got a small window here where it's all about Ovi. And what do you do? You can't really rebuild around these guys. So it's, you've got to almost go all in, and you got to find a way to creatively, you know, get better goaltending and get another defenseman. And, and for sure, the one thing I just didn't understand about the Pittsburgh situation is because I of Berkey and Hexy to not have some physical element in that lineup with the way those two guys run their teams just kind of just catches me off guard uh, with regards to their roster construction. That's for sure. Yeah. So how about the other uh, two horses in that three horse race for the playoff spots, Florida and the Islanders, you know, could there be ramifications if the Isles don't make playoffs and then looking at Florida, just, you know, we kind of had them written off. They win their game tomorrow. They could finish two points behind Tampa Bay on their season, kind of a late, late season push here. Well, yeah. obviously the guy who runs the, the, the Islanders has got an incredible track record and Hall of Famer. So, I mean, sure. there's certain – eventually some of these teams, I would think there's got to be ramifications other than just promoting somebody that's already on the current staff and actually uh, whether like, get out there and actually have some interviews to see if you can actually rebuild your team with some people with some fresh ideas. But it's it all depends. If they put themselves in that situation, we'd also talk to you about here that Sorokin is a, as a world-class goaltender that has the ability to maybe take them to get them on a run because they're a hard team to play against. They're not that overly fun to watch, but they're a hard team to play against. I don't know where Brazil's status is. Um, they could make some noise with Sorokin and that if they get in. But again, you're one... I mean, <laughs> So what would happen if Calgary had won that two games? I mean, and Calgary had got into the playoffs. I, I don't know whether that's going to change where that relationship is with, with coach and general manager at this point. And, uh, and that, and that'll be interesting as well as how that moves forward. But I, I, I do think there's certain teams with the expectations that they had, that there's probably going to be some ramifications for not getting in or even getting, not going far or losing out in the first round, so to speak. And it, it'll be, it'll be just, should be very intense hockey to watch down the stretch. And it's funny right now because probably the two teams playing their best hockey are Canadian teams, which is exciting. So if Edmonton can keep on their run and then the Leafs doing what they're doing, you know, who knows? There could be some fun down the road here for Canadian hockey fans as well. But as we all know, there's certain teams that have got to figure out. There's no etched in stone that they've got to get it done in the first round, even if they, you know, they've been sitting on a, They've been, they've, they've been in the playoffs for like three months. They've known who they're playing, so it'll be interesting. Futes in the West, is have the Jets turned it around enough to convince you that they, they could be a very dangerous team now in the first round? As long as as long as Helen Buck's playing the way he is, uh, there's hope. I just don't see 
like if Colorado or, you know, if Colorado gets in, like, I mean, if all of a sudden they get a Vegas or something and there's some injuries and Stone doesn't come back, there's a little, and Helen Buck just has the ability to do what he's doing. But they've been so streaky, Kipper, that it's like you get the taste of what they're doing now looks great. But if they go in one of those funks and they get down a couple games in the playoffs, as they really show them the, the wherewithal to come back and want to come back. Cause if you've got some players that are already planning their exit strategies, it's hard to mentally will yourself in the playoffs. Now I think Helen Buck has put him, put him on his shoulders here the last 13 games and everything looks good. They seem to be getting their health back, but then they, they do have a big body. I mean, the, the guys like Lowry play a playoff style hockey, but it's as long as you have a Helen Buck, it's possible, but I don't like anybody playing Colorado if they're healthy and the Landis Cog comes back and, McCarr is healthy. I just think the first round, they'll shred whoever they play again. Okay, one more for me before I let you go, and that is you mentioned it, Mark Stone skating. If he happens to show up for game one, are we going to hear a lot of Tampa Bay, Kucherov whining and complaining? Yeah, 100%. They should, and, but it's whatever. It's the, it's the CBA. I mean, it's it's <laughs> – I think like, you even look at the Leafs situation. I mean, stone skating, I mean, landed stock skating, all these guys are waiting. And, you know, at this point, it's not, they, they couldn't do it. They couldn't do it salary cap wise to get a guy in because obviously they'd like some of these players to get a couple, you know, performances in before the, the big show starts, but it's, it is what it is. I mean, I, I talked about that with Landis cog. I talked about that. I mean, Kucherov was probably the best example of it, but that's the way the CBA is. People are going to complain, but they, they, they got to go out and he's got to perform. That's for sure. I mean, he's got to, they complain the most because Tampa won. So if he comes back and they lose, nobody's going to complain, but if they come back and go on a run, we'll hear about it, but it's not like it's yesterday's news. It's been done already. I got to ask Kippers. Uh, do you think the big thing for do you think Marner will play on Thursday night? Yes. Yeah. He's got to get that. It's got to mean a lot to a kid. It's the hundred point thing. Yes, and uh, I just think that the way he's played this year, it's been. And I know you're obviously a big fan, and sometimes they yeah. take heat for it. But every player that he's played with this year is he's made spectacularly better. And it's I hope you can translate it over the play over the playoffs because it'd be fun to watch. He's had a great year. He just needs one, right? Just needs one. Yeah. Just one. Yeah, that'll be a crime shame if he doesn't get it i don't expect so like, if he to... gets one you then sit him for the rest of the game <laughs> rangers aren't playing for anything either so can you load manage on the bench yeah you can <laughs> you can you can just take his equipment off you can act like a a starting pitcher pulled in the third connor inning. timmons can play 35 minutes Shall oh my. <laughs> i don't think he can <laughs> <laughs> oh contraire my friend <laughs> oh yeah we haven't even mentioned that yeah connor timmons on the right side yeah, all right go. boots we'll let you go and we'll uh we're gonna lean on you heavily in that first round pal i hope so thanks guys have a great one thanks, okay mike Fuda, former nhl executive and uh doing a terrific job on sportsnet uh okay connor timmons on uh, right side can i say something He's definitely a better defenseman. He's a better defenseman than he is a winger. That's for sure. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was like a fish out of water. It was hilarious. Hilarious. Jeez. Poor guy. When the last time you think he played forward? I, I don't know. I look, They're trying to get his cardio up. I get it. You got to like almost have to go out there and draw him arrows on the ice and just you know what? You follow just, the arrows. You just got to be a third defenseman. You got to be F3. You got to stay low till the puck's out of your zone. Just... Pretend you're a slightly aggressive defense. There was one moment in the game. I don't know if you saw it. 
but he had the puck like at the blue line and he had a guy like flat footed and he had the puck like in the toe drag position. And I was like, oh, no way. And he just dumped it in. I was Simmer like, oh, called that out in the broadcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was not Simmer. It was the other Oh, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, no, it was like he had a second where he considered a toe drag into the middle. (laughs) And he's like, "Ah, I'm going to dump it in. You know what? That's the right choice. Correct. That's the right choice. Well, in a game that means nothing in the standings and your your coach is like, hey, man, you have to play forward tonight. We would be burying him if he turned over a toe drag in the neutral zone. I I mean, saying that, give me the odds that uh, Timmons starts on right wing in game one. (laughs) <laughs> i Plus, think it's <laughs> sideways eight yeah there's no way that's happening boys yeah. um just to follow up on on pittsburgh last night it's a shame they, they've These been around tell since us who they are they, they broke into the the league what in like early 70s mm-hmm. google it would you <laughs> I, I think it was 19 i think pittsburgh and st louis came in at the uh, same time did they not 1969 yeah. 1967. 1967. Thank you. Five if, teams. If, if I had asked you to five. give me five of the franchise's worst losses in history, I bet you you couldn't come up with four before last night's game. It was an AHL team. With half of Jonathan Taves and Tyler Johnson and on a back-to-back, hoping to tank for Bedard and couldn't muster up enough offense to win. Gave up four goals before the empty netter. Yeesh, boys. I bet you there's some broken stuff in the manager's booth, in the president's box, whatever you call it. Like you... We'll find out as early as tonight if... Their game Thursday means Matters. anything. And if it doesn't, oh, you have like to play that there, game, just not show a wor- up at the rink. I don't generally like having conversations like this, but I don't see a world where Ron Hextall stays with that Fenway group. No, I hear you, Kip. It's really tough. It's tough to see them looking at this season after just giving money to these guys, pushing in, making trades at the deadline for this year, and going, still couldn't get in? In that turtle race? You know, they're at 90 points. Best they can do is 92. Not good enough. And what do you do to to rebound this? If it is Ron Hextall who stays or a new general manager next year, where where do you begin here? And if you're Sidney Crosby, where what, what kind of what kind of feedback do you give the ownership group or the general manager September on could we not be the smallest team in the league? How do Maybe we fix that's where, this? where you start? You say, hey, we are literally the smallest team in the NHL. Could we start by being competitive physically? So Mike Fuda just mentioned this moments ago about, Brandly like, this is sucked. not, like, this, this might be the biggest proof that this Brian Burke has nothing to do with this. This was all Ron Hextall. This is not a Brian Burke team as we've known him over the years no i agree this does not reflect his preferences in a hockey team you know maybe they get in even if they do i just think you look at this year and go even if you luck your way in you couldn't muster it up when it mattered 
Yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, and Sid Sid's been okay. I mean, he's crazy at ninety he's plus points. He does, but I don't think he's he's scored down the stretch here. He might yeah. have one in seven or eight games. He had a couple the other night, but other than right? that, yeah, I think it's. He's you know what I'm saying? It, yeah. It's like it, it kind of dried up on everybody, and you know, as good as Sid still is, he can't he can't overcome. The, He's not Connor McDavid anymore. He can't drag a bad team to no, good. Or make them bigger and right. tougher and stronger yeah. to drive lanes open. Or... But it's it's real now. But, hey, but no, no, say, no OV and no Sid, potentially. And Pittsburgh Crazy. fans are mad. Yeah, they, Mad, mad. Yeah. Last night was just gut-wrenching for them. Yeah, it sucks. I like it. You know, it makes me feel, not maybe not old. But maybe it does make me feel a little bit old that we've come to the point where Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin seem suck enough for neither of them to be in the playoffs. Like, mm. these guys were on dominant teams for my entire 20s. and th- Like, they were just, like, they were the two studs. Every year their team, when, when Sid was healthy, they were in the playoffs when he was. It just sucks to run around. Sucks. So quickly go to Cap Friendly because I think. I'm on it. I think. Um, whoa. I think uh, <laughs> Malkin and Latang got contracts to match Sid's. Uh, Malkin's is one year longer. Yeah, and, one year and longer. Malkin's is what two years longer. So what Latang's does Sid have? Twenty eight. Three years left. This and two more. This and two more. Okay, so he has two more after this. Yeah. Okay, and at eight seven. Like eight seven. They missed the playoffs. As early as tonight, we find out. Oh, boy, we're trading Sid. Here we go. Yeah. Like, give me some. Give me a scenario where you envision Sidney Crosby now looking at his next two years and what he wants out of them. I've heard he's always wanted to be a Leaf. <laughs> Can you get serious here? <laughs> Sorry, I'll bear down. <laughs> <laughs> we're really close to it. Ending the show. But I want to hear your opinion Mm -hmm. on Sidney Crosby missing the playoffs for the first time since when? Uh, His rookie year. There you go. Yeah. So he's made 16 straight playoffs. That sucks. What he envisions now. Does he he really look at Taves and go, no, not doing that? First of all, there's not a chance that Pittsburgh would ever treat Sid like Chicago treated Kane and Taves. These last few years. How have they treated them? Well, you you purposely killed your team. How about that? Sure. And But with the telling them and like, do you want to be a part of the team death? Was that I feel like they were looped in on that. Yeah, I don't I don't think they were. Yeah. I don't get that feeling. The doc the, trade remains the, the shocking the, one for the, me where they were yeah, the difference is and, and I'm sure the feedback was there from Sid is get Malkin back, get Latang back. For sure. But they just they just didn't go far enough for him, but getting back to my original question to you yes. is where do you see Sid on the next two years of this deal? Well, I guess that depends. Let's say they do fire Ron Hextall and bring in someone new. You know, is that person also going to say we're all in? Well, these guys are here, and you know, push all their chips in for now. In that case, I see Sid sticking around. If they try to do a retool, I just watching Jonathan Taves on that Blackhawks team, man, it's not right. Sad. It's not right. It was sad. 
he can't get up and down the ice. First of all, there's something physically well, not there. Well, he has long COVID. Yeah, he I has, know. You know, whatever. You, you, yeah, chronic but, immune response, whatever. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's gotten to the point where like he shouldn't be playing. He, yeah, he, he may be done. But yeah, you can't see Sid. You know, the Penguins are in 25th spot and hoping to tank for the next kid, and Sid's just happily gutting it out. You know, he's going to try to get as many cups as he can. He's LeBron, right? Like, he's hyper-competitive. How much does he want to be the same team whole career guy, though? Does that play in? I will say this to you, Sammy. In my world, I I don't want to see Sid in another uniform. He is born and raised and should shut it down in a Pittsburgh Penguin uniform. So what is he supposed to do if the team isn't trying to win Stanley Cups? I think the most likely outcome is two more years plays out his contract and he's just he's gone <laughs> disappears he's living on a beach he's ba- he's, you're, you're talking about shutting it down yeah like he's, yeah, i he, think he, that's more realistic like he's gonna go and live in cape Breton, go uh out to his a colossal oh, house in 34 Nova scotia 35 uh 35 is that what you said mm-hmm. 35 he turned 35 no turns 36 in august if Sid wanted to play another three or four years, I think he could. If new management came in or the ownership group came in and said, I can still help you win a Stanley Cup, I think he can stay. I don't think you can hire anyone who wants to do anything other than try to win while Sidney's there. Exactly. Which, which is why... You can't, be bringing, um, you can't bring in Kyle Davidson and... Tear it down. Yeah. Or Kyle Dubas, for that matter, who wants to start over or something. But, like, the Penguins still have – they're missing two picks next year. They have picks in the first, third, fifth, sixth, and seventh round. Almost all their – well, picks in the – like, they have – they can move picks. They can get aggressive. The Granlin thing is atrocious. It's a bad trade. That that was the worst trade. Two more years after this one at $5 million. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, can't remember him being overly effective in a long time. And I don't... Raquel's $5 million till 2028. You know who's battling right now is Petrie and Jeff Carter. Yeah, there's some bad ones. They're not this. getting anything out of those guys now. Carter's making 3-1 next year. Brian Rust is a good player, but he makes 5.1 until 2027, 2028. Boy. Um... They need some value, so guys, boy. In the year 2025, 2026, when um, when Sidney Crosby is done with the Penguins, he'll f- sign for 750K with the Leafs to be their latest veteran. <laughs> hey, here's in. another question for you while you're on, on salary cap. Like, what does Sid make next year? It's something ridiculously in terms of real low. Dollars? Yeah, real dollars. What's his salary next year? Three million. <laughs> three million three this million. year, three million. That's next. embarrassing. He's making three this year too. Is that pra- worth it for him to stick around? He's, practi- and- he's practically broke. He's only made one hundred and forty-one million dollars in his career. <laughs> no, seriously. Do you eat a crap sandwich next year, missing the playoffs again for three million bucks? If you're Sid, yep. You know, oh, if you're, you're Sid, you're, you're I, don't, I, don't know. Sid? I was like, if you're Sid, I was like, yes. I'll eat a literal crap yeah. sandwich for three million. <laughs> 100%. Hey, buddy, you're not Sid. Yeah, okay. no, you're not considered one of the not. best hockey players to ever play. Yeah. Uh, are you suggesting he would retire? I don't know. I just I hate that part. That knowing that we got a star still in our game, you just who's done so much for the game, and he's making three million bucks. Have his level of success, 
if you're not hyper competitive. You cannot do it, and you don't sit on a losing team because you like wearing you know one color your whole career. I'll be honest; it affected how I felt about Ryan Getzlaff at the end of his career. Just being like, eh, my family's happier. I'll need to try to win. I, yeah. I'm never going to fault the guy for being like, I'm going to stay in California. Okay, well, I'm different. Uh, I, you know, I feel, I feel like trying to win cups is the goal of playing in the league. But sometimes I could see like a guy like who did I see the other day? Like Rick Tockett, and he was in a Boston Bruin uniform. I'm like. Oh man, I don't remember. Did he play See, for that's Boston? The thing. It doesn't happen. It's I a don't blip that him. never happened unless I don't remember you're Ray Bork. Him. You know, and mostly it's just like, yeah, you forget it. You know, Brett Hall wore Arizona Coyotes. What's, what Brett Hall? When you think of Brett Hall, what's the first jersey you think of? Blues. Kipper. Brett Hall. Yeah. Blues. I think this is maybe about my age, but the first one that comes to mind is Stars. Yeah, you're. You're. That's an age really? thing. Really? Yeah. Hundred percent. Well, yeah. Sam's thirty-three. Cup. Brett Hall would have played for the Stars when, when they, he was when they, eighteen when they won, or something. When they just won the cup. sperm back then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but that's. It's funny the the different. We should maybe we do this as a segment. Player and then the jersey you think of. You like that idea? No, nah, yeah. you hate it. No, no, it's a popular, well done is segment. It? But I oh, like okay. it. All right. I Did you like that. Gretzky in St. Louis? You were you born? Yeah, yeah. I think of Absolutely I think not. of Gretzky Kings. Okay. Like right, that's my first memory of my first hockey memory is Gretzky high stick and like my dad's reaction to that. That's like my first, first hockey memory. Really? Yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm, did yeah, he I'm, cry like you? No, but he said word that he shouldn't have said in front of a kid. <laughs> that's for sure. The word that's a two bucks in the swear jar. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Is that a yeah, one? Yeah. All right. Anything else? You got any thoughts on Buffalo? Yeah, uh, but They're the Coyotes the and Kings are playing in Australia next year. Does that interest you? Uh, yeah. Short straw. Like, can we just pick something instead of just throwing darts all over the place? <laughs> like Melbourne, you know, like the Well, overseas. listen, I get it, but like I don't know. Let's can we just focus on growing international hockey uh how about a best on best somewhere that might work? Closer. Shout out to my cousin Jason Juba in Australia. He'll get to go watch. And then what? And then wait four years and go back? Well, and then have all the players angry on their flight, you know, having to fly home and play a hockey game again in like three days? It sucks. And it's like they're sending the Coyotes. Oh, crikey, it's the, the Utes. <laughs> I love this sport. They're British? Not bad. <laughs> crikey. <not good. laughs> I can't wait to watch Clayton this Keller. This is a hockey stick. There you go. Clayton Keller. <laughs> you have seen Crocodile Dundee. Yeah, of course. You? Yeah, yeah. All right. I wouldn't say I know it well, but I've seen it. You've seen memes. That's not a knife. <laughs> <laughs> now we've we have now we're doing an impression. Yeah, it's we are. Not, Sabres. Uh, I think there's a, probably a better taste in their mouth at the end of this year in terms of their future. But twelve straight seasons out of the playoffs—that is bad. Twelve straight. Is I it like really? their new goalie, Levi. Look, I've watched a couple games recently. Kid looks like he's going to be. Did a good you player. see his um, in between kind of commercial breaks? He doesn't go to yes. the bench. Eh? He just goes to the. The slot area, and he starts praying. That's like uh, Sorokin does that. It was, um, it's different. Sorokin doesn't go to the bench either. He gets in a ball in front of the net. You know, I just love Marc Andre Fleury. Like he's got to look at guys like that and be like, "Hey, it's not that serious." <laughs> you know, <laughs> like you got to be present, be in the moment. You know, I don't know. Doesn't work for everybody though. Sitting up in the clouds there mentally, I'm sure Levity. it is a focus do, thing. And yet, yeah, yeah. does the Sabers make the playoffs next year? You think? Some good questions, actually. Uh, I, I like that question. I, yeah. Um, you got to assume. Are they going to do something? 
you you got to assume though if say or when for you Sammy Tampa loses in the first round uh, when i whoa what you say when for me well yeah tampa? because I'm, but I'm, I'm, I'm trying the, to help you i've been the only guy in here of all you guys are saying that tampa sucks and there's no way the leafs lose to i'm the only guy that's saying they're not yeah, i know but you're you're um you're a wounded animal so <laughs> i've got scars right yes. you got scars and you're a wounded animal and you still you're the guy that's going to bet that Tampa wins this series so you can cover your ass. Yeah, Tampa's going right? to make playoffs this year by five no, points. But my point is if, if they lose, when they lose, they're going to dismantle a lot of those faces, right? There'll be new turnover. Uh, Tampa? You're, you're, that, set, you're that 10 give, shows ahead, That pal. should give Buffalo a chance to... Oh, maybe the, maybe right? the Bruins will fall off. Maybe, maybe the, the Leafs will up. get new management and trade everyone. Well, that's off a first-round loss. Yes, indeed. Boys, those shows, if they lose in the first round, I ain't coming in. All right, oh, our, you're thanks, coming in. <laughs> our thanks to Hall of Famer Mark Howe and Hall of Famer Mike Fuda, at least according to us. Our show should have a ring of honor, and he'd be in it. We're back tomorrow. Real Kipper and Bourne. Thanks for joining us.